Good evening, everyone. I hope you are all doing wonderfully well. We are learning Maseches Sukkah, Dav Kopches, some well-known, beautiful agaratas over the course of the first half of the Gemara, um, a halachic sugya about the chiyuv or lack thereof for women and what the Mari Mekomos are for them in regards to Sukkah. And then on the Amud Beis, we'll uh, be speaking a little bit about the mitzvah of Chinuch as it relates to Sukkah. And then we'll start a new Mishnah at the bottom of that page about um, what Teshu Kein Tadur really actually means. Let's get started. We are two lines down, Kavches and Aleph. The Gemara reads as follows, Tanu Rabbanon, Maisev Rabbi Eliezer, Shashavas Begalil Ha'elyo. Rabbi Eliezer was up in the northern Galil. V'sha'alu Shloshem Halachos Behilchos Sukkah. And they asked him 30 Shilas in Hilchos Sukkah. So it says the Gemara, Shtei Mesre Amar Lehem Shamati. For 12 of them, he says, Shamati, I have, I, I have the answer. Shmono Esrei Amar Lehem Lo Shamati. And for the remainder, he said, I did not hear them. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Chilu Fadvarim, it was the opposite number. Shmona Esrei Amar Lahem Shamati. 18 of them, I had the answer. And Shtei Mesrei Amar Lahem Lo Shamati. Either way, 18 and 12 were the numbers. We don't know if he knew 12 or if he knew 18, whatever the case was. Amrulo, they said to him, as we had learned last night, you only ever uh, say Torah that you heard me that you heard directly from your Rebbe. It's a bit of a strict line. So he felt like at this point that he had to explain to them what the thinking was. So Amar Lahem, he's kaktuni lomar davar shaloshamati Now you're making me say something that my Rebbeim didn't say out loud, which was the method to the madness. How did he live his life? What was his stringencies? How did he come to the point of only sharing that which he was supposed to share? Eight lines down, Kavchas Aleph says the Gemara, quoting Rabbi Eliezer, here was his method. I was always number one to the base medrash. Nobody beat me. And I didn't sleep a long nap or a short nap. I was never, I never left the base medrash when there was somebody else there. I was always the last to leave. And I never had a casual conversation in the base medrash. And I never said anything that I didn't hear from my Rebbe. Amru alav al Rabban Yochanan ben Zakkai, and they said about Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, what did they say about him? Similarly, that he too never spoke uh, seemingly in the base medrash. He never walked without Torah on his lips or without wearing tefillin. Of course, these aren't absolutions. He can't wear them in the bathroom. It doesn't mean literally. It just means that this was very much commonplace by him. What? Didn't go down, down to the bathroom could be. I was just saying there are scenarios. Yeah, it's just saying it could be. Could be that that's the case. Well, uh, let's. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's the wrong direction. We're we're coming up on Elul. Rosh Chodesh is Sunday Monday, I think. No. So I think it's I think it's two days. Uh, Sunday Monday. So you need to wait seven days and retract. That's what needs to happen, Gerald. He too, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, was always number one in the base medrash. He didn't sleep in the base medrash, either a long nap or a short nap. He did not think about Torah. He did not think about Torah in places that were disgusting. I'm good at this one. This one, I'm fine. This one, this one I, I'm a, a mutzlach on this one. I'm very good. So he never left anyone in the base matters. He was always the last one to leave. No one ever found him just sitting and doing nothing. Constantly learning Torah on his lips. 
below Pasach Adam Talmid of What a beautiful idea. He was always the one to hold the door open for his Talmidim, to show them a cover, to show them a level of cover that the Rebbe holds the door for you. He too is of the same mindset that he would not say something that he didn't hear from his Rabbeim. <clears throat> And Velo Amar, excuse me, there's this time for you to get up and leave the base medrash. The only times he would ever say such a thing is on both of those days, there was a lot going on. And therefore, on those days, he kicked him out. But for the other 352 days of the halachic year without a leap year, on those days, he would never stop anyone from learning. Everybody sits and learns all day, every day, mealtime. In Baranovich, by Ravachanan Wasserman, they made the, the meal house. And they made the base medrash at a particular, whatever the distance was. But the time to go and eat and come back on time was only if you ran. So you couldn't, uh, a little spazir, no. You had to run each way. Otherwise, you were late for sure. That's beautiful. Again, it's the, it's the previous door, uh, two doros ago, whatever it is. So it's very, very lofty hanhagos here. So, uh, and as well, and Rabbi Eliezer was a Talmud of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, and that is why he behaved that way. He learned from his Rebbe, he learned from his Rebbe. So all of that is uh, as Medrash number one. And about a third of the way down, Tanu Rabban and the rabbis taught us, The great Hillel Hazakin had 80 Talmidim. Wow. That is a track record. 30, uh, 30 of your Talmidim were worthy of the Shekhinah, just like Moshe Rabbeinu was worthy of the, of the Shekhinah. I don't know where the line came from. Mi Moshe, bad Moshe, lo kam ke Moshe. What? Quite. This is like, uh, what's it called? The Mensa Society? I think uh, we have that. This is already PLF. It was also with Mido. So it's a different world, not just brains. It's also being a mensch. So these 30 people... Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we're learning. Gerald needs to hear some chizuk. He's a... <laughs> thirty of them were worthy by shalvim. That's where it happened out in the fields there, where the sun stood, stood still for these thirty people. This is considered a lower level than Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe to Yoshua, and Esrim Benonim. Twenty of them were like, eh. so like the bottom twenty in the shear. Like an, as a classroom teacher, you like try to teach to the middle two thirds of the room. This was the bottom of the room. And let's talk about the bottom of the room. Gadol Shebekulan, Yonasan Ben Uziel. This is a machlokas. Is Gadol Shebekulan the greatest of the 20? Or is Gadol Shebekulan the greatest of the 80? That's a discussion in the, in the Meforshim, how to understand this Gemara. But let's, uh, either way you look at it, it doesn't matter because these stories are well above us. Gadol Shebekulan, Yonasan Ben Uziel. Katan Shebekulan, Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai. And Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai was the one, the laundry list of Midos, Tovos, and Limudim that off the charts. Amr Allah al Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai, this lowly quote-unquote Talmud, Shilohiniach Mikra, he did not leave unlearned, he, he, meaning he learned Mikra, all of, all of, the, all of Tanakh, Umishna, all the Mishnayis. He learned all of Gemara, but Gemara is not like what we have. They didn't exist back in the day. There were no Mishnayis yet. So it was the version of the Gemara back then. Rashi discusses this about 10, 12 lines. Down. So we're basically seeing a chain of events. The uh, the uh, the Tanaim, the early Tanaim, Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai came along and was medactic. The Amoraim came along and they were medactic on the Tanaim. The Savoraim came along on the Amoraim, the, and so forth and so on. That's how the generations. So the Gemara then was 
his analysis of the earlier versions of the Tanaim. And halachos, psak halacha, ve'agados, all the agadatas, dikduke Torah, all the little nuances of Torah, v'dikduke sofrim, and that of, uh, of, uh, of being a sofer as well. Kalim v'chamorim, this is kalvachomers in the plural. I would never have thought that that's how you say kalvachom. I would have said kalvachomers as like a balabas. But I don't, I don't know. How would you, kale, I don't, kale chamura? I don't know. There's kalim v'chamorim, okay? Ugzeros shavos, and of course that type of limit as well. It's kufos, understanding the sky and how the sky works and uh, how the earth turns and what, you know, we know 23 and a half degrees on an angle. The sun hits certain, you have to know all of this stuff, sundials, whatever it is. The gematrios, knowing all the gematrios. Not every gematria is meaningful. Not every last one makes sense. You have to figure out. And what does it mean? Sometimes it's atbash, and sometimes it's the word spelled out bimiluo. There's all these different iterations. So he knew all of this. You know what else he knew? Sichas malache hashares. Come on. He's the, he's the least of the least of the least. Unbelievable level. Vesichas, shedim vesichas to come. Rashi says, lo yadana. We don't know what this is. Um, and mashalos, kovsinu mashalom shualim. There were a bunch of mashal, mashalos about uh, doing laundry and about foxes, both of which were mashalim for musr, according to some. Davar gadol the davar katan. And as well, no stone unturned. He also learned about that which was the davar gadol and that which was the davar katan. What is the davar gadol? Davar gadol, maise merkava, davar katan. Habiyasa da abaye virava. And uh, abaye virava, what, what are you talking about? They lived like hundreds of years after he died. Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai was the Rebbe of Rabbi Eliezer. So you're in the period of Rabbi Akiva by the Churban. Abai and Rava lived in like the 300s. They're, they're way off in, in, the, in timing here. So the Meforshim here explain all of the kashas of Abai and Rava were asked and answered. They were just forgotten. So they asked them again and they had to come up with answers again. But Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai knew all of them. He was ready to talk and learning in all of them. And then they repeat, the history repeated itself with Abai and Rava. And it doesn't only mean Abai and Rava. It's also all of the great of, greats of the Amorim. The Kai Mashanem are, and Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai fulfilled the following, Lahanchil Ohavai Yesh, to fill the, as an inheritance, those who love me with Yesh, with something, with Torah, Bootsroseihem, and I will fill up their storehouses. If he, the, the, the least Talmud, the lowest Talmud, as it were, was this, this caliber of person, it's so hard to relate to. Like we, we think like, like the, the greatest of our generation would say of themselves that they are a shmata compared to the previous generation. And then go back and back and back to these people who were just so refined and, and so masterful in their knowledge and in their midos. It's hard to imagine. It really is hard to imagine. Part of the challenge of the Yerida Sadoros is that we don't see those things anymore. We only see as much as we see. The rest is theoretical. So you see the greatest. That's why it's uh, very important is to be able to we're supposed to see our teachers. They're supposed to be the caliber of, of learning and behavior that we're supposed to mimic and we're supposed to imitate. And it's hard to do that because uh, we, we don't see these kinds of people. We do see great, great people. I'm not minimizing our gadolim. I'm just saying that to say that they're Rabbi Yonasan ben Uziel or at the least, quote unquote, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, we are far away from those generations. Amr al Rabbi Yonasan ben Uziel, the greatest of them, when he was sitting and learning a famous Gemara, any bird that was flying overhead would instantly burn up as they were flying over him. Okay, and what does that mean? Metaphysical? Got to figure that out. New Mishnah, two thirds of the way down, Kavches Madalav. Mishahaya Rosha Varuba Basoka, Veshokhana Vesokha Bayes. This, we saw this discussion a while ago. If you have a sukkah 
where yes, most of the person fits in the sukkah, but the table is in the house. So we said that on, in these circumstances, that's not a kosher sukkah, and we pass in like beishamai in this case, as we spoke about many blad ago. So hold on one second. Wasn't there a story like this? Where each of our respective ancestors went to go somewhere, to visit us, our ancestors were in a place like that, where they had the uh, Rav Yochanan uh, ben Choronis, and his table was inside, and nobody said boo. So why is it, how can you say that that sukkah is going to be problematic? Beishama, you're saying that sukkah is puzzled, that the, that the sukkah has to have a table inside. But we know that the Babas and the Zaydas from Beishama and Beis Hillel were there, and, and they didn't complain about it. And the table, table was inside. How can you say puzzle? So it says the Gemara, Amar lehem Beishama Misham Raya. That's absolutely a, a, a bad argument. Why? Because of him, Amrlo. They said to him, In Kain Hayisa End of the first part of the Mishnah. So the Gemara brings a story. I don't know why Beis Hillel didn't know about this part of the story. Seems like, you know, it's like the game of telephone, but when you don't want to hear the answer, you don't hear it. But here it seems to be the case that Beis Shammai has a beautiful Marimakom that we actually do hold that way, that his ancestors said to Rabbi Yochanan ben Acharonis, your sukkah is not kosher. You were never Mekayim sukkah because you always had your table inside, insufficient. That's part one of the Mishnah. Part two of the Mishnah. We're going to learn why in the Gemara, based on a complex set of Mari Makomos, we will see. Um, we will see shortly what that is. And katan she'eno tzarech le'imo chayev b'sukkah. Hmm, that's very interesting. We just said that a katan is pater from a sukkah. A second later, we said katan she'eno tzarech le'imo, a child who's independent from his mother, that child is chayev in sukkah. Of course, not midah raisa, there's still a katan. Katanim don't have dine del raisa, but they still have a mitzvah to be in a sukkah al tzchinuch, provided that they are not dependent on their mother. We're going to define that in the Gemara. Maisa, the Gemara tells the story of Yelda Kalaso Shel Shamai Hazakain, that the daughter in law of Shamai Hazakain had a baby. Upiche says Hama and in his bedroom, he tore off part of the roof. And he put some schach over the top of the crib for the baby. Unbelievable idea. What about the previous line of the Mishnah, the Katan She'enat Tzarech Le'imo, Chayef Sukkah, which means that this child, which is Tzarech Le'imo, he should be completely putter. What is this story doing here? We're going to analyze all of this. Says the Gemara, eight lines, nine lines from the bottom. How do we know that this din is true, that a woman is exempt from Sukkah? The Tanu Rabbanon, the rabbis taught us, Ezrach, the Pasuk in Chumash reads, Basukos Teshu Shivas Yamim, Kol HaEzrach BiYisrael Yeshu Basukos. We have to sit in a Sukkah for seven days, and Kol HaEzrach, all of the Ezrach of Yisrael should sit in the Sukkah. So the Tanur Rabban and the Rabbis teach us Ezrach, Ze Ezrach, that's your regular Jew. HaEzrach, but when we drill down and say the Ezrach, that is Lahotzi Es Hanashim. That teaches us that it's only men and not women. And therefore, seemingly from the Pasuk itself, forget about mitzvot, sase shazman grama. Mamash, the Gemara is going to ask your question in those words, but flipped into Aramaic. We have exactly that concern. Why do I need a Pasuk and Chumash? Because the Mishnah, we already know this, that women are exempt. It says the Gemara, continuing its drush on the Brisa, kol, it's kol ha'ezrach. What does the word kol mean? The Rabbo says saktanim, to include children, to be chayv in the mitzvah. Uh, you, have a, you have a drusha del raisa, barakata. You have a drasha pasuk and chumash that says kol the rabbo says aktanim. How could you have a drasha del raisa on a katan? <laughs> Under the best of circumstances, he's high because of chinuch. So how could you have a drasha? So we'll have to answer that question as well. And Omar Mar, hold on one second. You said that ha ezrach indicates that men and not women the hotzi es hanashim. That implies lememra de ezrach when we have the word ezrach 
without the letter hey, that implies that the word Ezrach without the letter hey is bein noshim, bein gavre mashma, that that word includes both. Vehatanya, hold on one second. We have another pasuk in Chumash ha'ezrach. What's the pasuk over there? This is speaking about the uh, the inuyim on Yom Kippur. The pasuk reads, This is a law forever in the seventh month. on the tenth of the month. So we have a pasuk in Chomesh by the inuyim where where it seems to be that ha'ezrach. It says, "Vatanya ha Ezrach lerabos es hanashim ha Ezrachios shechayavos bino alma Ezrach gavre mashmos." We have a contradiction in how we use the words. One says ha Ezrach means only men, and the other says ha Ezrach means men and women. How do we answer this? So Amar Raba Hilchasaninu. Don't worry. One of these, one of these psukim, either ha Ezrach or ha Ezrach, which means men, or ha Ezrach, which means men and women. One of them is halacha lemosh misinai. Bas mechinu rabbanon akrayim. The other one is just an asmachta be'alma. So asks the Gemara, high kra, the high hilchasa. Which one's which? How do you know which one? Which one is the asmachta, and which one is the real deal? So says the Gemara, evisu kra lamali, hilchasa lamali. What's with all the psukim and halacha lemosh misinai? Is exactly what her said. Hasuka mitzvah sasei asman grama. Chol mitzvah sasei asman grama. Nashim peturos. So now you've provided me seemingly with three different mari makomos to indicate that women are exempt. You have a pasuk in chumash ha'ezrach, which excludes women. You have halacha lemosh misinai potentially, and you also then have this general rule of chol mitzvah sasei asman grama. Nashim peturos. And let's add one more concern, which is as follows. We know that women are obligated in Yom Kippur to not uh, violate the Inuim, that they're obligated to keep the Inuim. The Pasuk says, Ish o Isha. And as we turn to the top of Dafkab Chesmed Beis, what's the drush of the words Ish o Isha? I don't need a Pasuk to tell me that women are included in the Chamesha Sinuim. I know that because women are women are obligated to follow every los Shiva Torah. So we have this mishkababel of Mari Makomos here. It, it, they all seem extraneous. Tell me one din. If you just said the following: women are uh, exempt from a mitzvos asseishas mangrama, and women are chayavos in mitzvos los asseish, even if it's mangrama, we would have understood everything else. What's with all the psukim? Why does well, I don't understand? Why is it so complicated? So says the Gemara, we actually needed every Mare Makom we just presented. We're on Kav Chesim at Beis, line two. Let's understand how to unpack all of these Mare Makomos. Amar Abay Olam, really, Sukkah Hilchasa. Really, the fact that women are exempt from, from being in a Sukkah, the fact that they have no such Chiyuv, it's not because of Mitzvah Sasei Shazman Grama. It's because of Ahalach HaLemosh Misinai. Aye, what about the halacha lemosh misinai? The isrich. We needed this halacha lemosh misinai because sal kadaita chamina. I might have thought that when the pasuk in Chumash said teishvu and we darshan kein taduru that you should live in the sukkah like you do in your house and madira ishvi ishto just like in one's house, husband and wife af sukkah ishvi ishto. So therefore, you might have said that. The whole idea of mitzvah sasei man grama isn't strong enough here. We should assume because of teishu kein tadur that maybe a woman is chayeves in sukkah. Kamash malan, nope, halacha lemosh misinai. 
And that makes sense. Yeah, we have a normal rule of mitzvot sasei shezman grama that nashim arpturos, but havamina the teshuot kedadura would trump that, thereby making a woman chayav and sukkah kamash malana halach el moshmisina that she's exempt. Rava amar itzrich, we do need this, but for a different reason. Salkadai techamina, maybe we would have thought yaliv chamisha sar chamisha sar michagamatzos. Maybe I would have thought that yes, of course we know that in general women are exempt from mitzvot sasei shezman grama, but here we have the gzeira shavav tesvav tesvav malahal. So we hear by, by Sukkot, we have Tesvav, Tesvav. So I would have thought that even though they're normally exempt, but here they're Sinai, that they are in fact Peturos. So it says the Gemara, okay, fine. Once you tell me that the reason why a woman is going to be exempt is not because of the general idea of mitzvah, because it's not strong enough here, because we have competing factors, and therefore we need Allah Chalamosh Sinai. Great, but then Kralamali. Then why why did I need the drusha that we started with? And as the Gemara opened on the bottom of Kavchesamud Aleph to say Ezra Ha Ezra Lahotzi Esanoshim. Why? Why do I need a pasuk? You, you already explained everything. It's Allah Chalamosh Misina. So what is the pasuk for? So it says the Gemara. The Rabbi says Hagerim. You're right. You're absolutely right. Ezra Ha Ezra is not. That's to, that's about something else. That's to include a ger. I might have thought that when the Pasuk says, someone who was born in Israel and not a Ger, that that's not true, that a Ger is also going to be Chayev. So you're right. The word Ha'ezrach, the Drasha that we learned is incorrect. It's not about Nashim. So now, we understand the following. We might have had a Havamina that maybe a woman should be Chayev in Sukkot, even though it's a Mitzvah Saseshia's Man Grama, either because of the Drasha of Teshu Kein Taduru or because of Tesvav Tesvav. I might have thought a woman was Chayves, Kamash Malana Halach Almosh Misinai, that she is exempt from the Mitzvah of Sukkah. Aye, what about the Pasuk Ha'ezrach? Not talking about women, talking about gay. Problem solved. And then says the Gemara, one other thing. Yom HaKippur Mid Rav Yehuda Marav Nafka. What are you talking about? Why did we need Rav Yehuda Marav? Says the Gemara that the reason why we had to say that a woman was specifically included in the Inuyim was because of one tiny little smidgen of time when there is no onshin by the Inuyim. When is that? We did learn about this already. We know that there's a mitzvah called Tosefes Yom Kippur, and we add a little bit before, we add a little bit after. If one were to violate one of the Chameshes Inuyim in the moments during the Tosefes, there's no onesh. And because there's no onesh, that since during the time of Tosefes Yom Kippur, there is no onesh, therefore, Maybe we should assume that by extension, a woman has no connection to the Chamesha Sinuyim, and a woman should be able to violate all of the Chamesha Sinuyim. Kamash Mulan, that that's not true. Therefore, we needed the statement of Rabbi Yehuda Amar Rab, that a woman is Chayeves in Inui to make sure that we don't make the mistake of learning from the Tosefes Inui where there is no Onesh. Oh, good. Now let's get into some chinuch issues. We said Amar Mar, Kol, that when the Pasuk says Kol Ha'ezrach, the word Kol, all, all, and to include who? The Rabbo says Saktanim. So that doesn't make any sense. Ve'atnan, you said a child is included. Ve'atnan, Nashem ve'avadim uktanim, p'tur We're one third of the way down, Kavches base. That's a contradiction. One says that Kol includes children. And then the Mishnah says explicitly that Ktanim are exempt from Sukkah. So which one is it? Says the Gemara. Lokasha, this is not a difficulty. The two Mara Mekomos are discussing different things. 
In one case, where a child is, that's what coal is coming to include. When the child is old enough, eight, nine years old, whatever the age of chinuch actually is, so then one is going to be obligated to teach that child to sit in the sukkah, sleep in the sukkah if it's appropriate, whatever it is. Khan, but here where our Mishnah says that a child is putter, that's kan bekotan shelohi gyalachinuch. The child is younger, he, he's not of age, and therefore he is not obligated. And that's what our Mishnah meant when it said katan, uh, that katanim are patur minas sukkah. So then asks the Gemara the, the question I, uh, I foreshadowed earlier. Katan sheigyalachinuch midra bonanhu. A katan sheigyalachinuch. Let's say he's 10 years old. Who in their right mind could say that that's a mitzvah do Say he's not a bar chiyuva. He's not a bar mitzvah. So how can you say that that child is part of a drasha in the Torah of kol l'rabo sesaktanim? Kol l'rabo sesaktanim sounds like a din d'oraisa. You can't include a 10-year-old in a din d'oraisa. He's a kid. He's not a bardas. So how can you say that he's a giyah which means it's derabonon, and the reason we know it is from a drasha in the chumash. How is that possible? Says the Gemara, you're absolutely right. Itaka is the case that he's only and when the Torah says and in the Brisa we darshan that all citizens call to include a child that was only an asmachta not a drasha gemura and therefore not a contradiction Almost halfway down at the two dots, Kavches Mabez, we're going to wrap up to the top of Chavtes uh, Menal, about six, seven lines down at the two dots over there. So a few more minutes to go. Says the Gemara, our Mishnah had said that if there is a child who does not need his mother, so what was the language of our Mishnah? Our Mishnah said that if there is a katan, where's the language? Katan she'en How do we determine, as it relates to sukkah, that a child should be in the sukkah? So we answer that question by saying that as long as the child does not need his mother, so then he should be in the sukkah. So how do we explain this? So the Gemara gives um, a couple of different options. Hechidami katan she'en how do we define a child that doesn't need his mother? Potty train. The child can go to the bathroom autonomously. He doesn't need any help. Rabbi Shimon Omer, no. And it's really, that's not the case. Uh, and I don't know which one's earlier or later. I guess this might be later. I don't know. I don't know. My child is potty training. He needs our help and he screams our name at every morning at 6 a.m. So I don't really know which one's which. They're, they're all about the same developmentally. You should tell him more specific. I will tell him. Ima Ima. Yeah. Oh, by the way, it's, it's actually what happens. It's just that Ima Ima is not the one that gets out of bed all the time. So, so it says the Gemara, that no, the parameter is that we know a child is ready to be in the sukkah provided that when he wakes up, he can put himself back to sleep. Says Even older kids sometimes will call for their parents. It doesn't have to be, doesn't mean, they could be 15 and they need help. It's just stuff happens. So says Ella, no, Ella Ima, what we say is calling multiple times. Okay, meaning they, they can really fend for themselves in the middle of the night and go to the bathroom on their own. They can do whatever, they're fine. They're older. Those are the children who need to be in a sukkah. A story, two-thirds of the way down, four lines for, before the new Mishnah. Maisa Vyalda Kalasa, we had said that the daughter of, of daughter-in-law of Shammai Hazakain had, had a baby. And Shammai took down some of the roof and put some schach over the baby's crib, which is wild on all counts. So says the Gemara, Maisa Listor. The story goes against everything that we've just learned. There's no reason. Literally, the line before said that a katan who's Torah Imo is pater. 
that's obvious. So what is going on here? My solicitor, immediately after you teach me a din, you give me a story that's going to uproot everything that we just learned. So it says the Gemara, your, your question is good, and you're right. There's something missing in the in the Mishnah. The Mishnah is missing some words, and here is what how the Mishnah should read. The Shamai, right? We told the story about the Katan, that the Katan is Pater, and the Katan doesn't need his mother Ischaev. The Shamai Machmir. He was strict on himself. Umay Sanami, there was a story, a story about him. He moved over one of the panels from one of the roofs. There was a chumrah. So that's the language that was missing from the Mishnah. But it's totally halachically unnecessary. If you, in fact, see someone breaking open their roof and uh, putting their child out under the clear sky blue and putting schach over the pack and play, that's shamai. It's a chumrah. But it is, it's found in halacha. It's not. We can't even call it overly outlandish because it's found in halacha. And we pass in like Beis Shammai for the minimum shir of I don't know how far we take it. Normally we say when Shammai, we're not machmer like Shammai, but here, I don't know how, how this would work out in Pesach halacha. New Mishnah, Kav Chesim at Beis, two-thirds of the way down. Kol Shivas Hayamim, all seven days, Adam Oseh Sukaso Keva Ubeso Arai. We flip around which establishment is key. We say here that the sukkah should be the one that's more keva and uh, the house should be more arai. What happens if it rains? So when is one uh, then um, mutter, right? Implying otherwise that it's aser. When is it mutter to exit the sukkah? When the when the food gets spoiled. Mikpah was kind of like a like an oatmeal sludgy type of food. When the water dripping in, it would ruin it. So I guess the equivalent today would be oatmeal, but. In practical terms, it's like when it's like dripping in your soup, like that's already too much, then it's mutter lefanos, you can go inside. They gave a mashal, and this we will not understand today because it's cryptic, there's too many uh, pronouns. There's an eved who has come to pour wine, literally dilute wine for their rub. And he pours a ketone in his face. We'll have to see what that means tomorrow, but that's the end of the Mishnah here. We are still going to learn to the top of the page, the first part of this Mishnah in analysis, says the Gemara, Tan Rabban and Abraisa, very similar to our Mishnah, but this Brisa adds in what our Mishnah is lacking. Ketzad, how is it that we make our sukkah to be more keva than our house? So what you do is you empty out the house. Ketzad, how you look kalim noim, if you have nice kalim in the house, mailan the sukkah, bring them into the sukkah, matzos, now you have beautiful blankets and sheets, mailan the sukkah, ochel v'shos, simatal v'sukkah, everything should be in the sukkah. Minahanimili, how do we know that it should be the case that your sukkah is more keva and your house is more awry under these circumstances? Titani Rabbanan, the Pasuk says, teishu, v'sukkah's teishu, how do we dash in that word? Ke'en, taduru, when you live in that sukkah, it should be the way that you normally live in your house. Mikan Amru, from here we would say, this is now the third uh, third uh, source. We had our Mishnah. We had the first Brisa, and here's another Brisa. The Taner Rabbanon Teishu Kain Tadur Mikan Amru Kol Shiva Sayamim Oso Adam Sukaso Keva Veso Arai. Third time we're seeing this. The Sukkah should be the Keva. The house should be Arai. Ketzad. How do we do this? Hayulo Kelim Noim Milan LaSukkah. We bring them up to the Sukkah. Matzos Nois Milan LaSukkah. You have beautiful uh, blankets and sheets. You bring them into the Sukkah. Ochel Veshos Metal Sukkah. And then this Brisa adds in something new. And this is why it's important to have all the sources in the Tanayim. Our Mishnah was more dry. The first Brisa that we saw in the Gemara added in the Ketzad. And this Brisa, the third Brisa, adds in the following words. Umishanan b'sukkah. You also learn Torah in your sukkah. And on that, the Gemara has a big problem. Three lines from the bottom. Aini, you're supposed to sit and learn in your sukkah? I don't understand. The Amar Rabbah. Uh, mikra umisna bimatzlalta. Yes, you can read Chumash, 
you can learn Mishnais in your sukkah. But when it comes to mamish, you know, you're you're sitting and learning iyun usnuye. If you're if you're learning usnuye, uh, if you're learning a real heavy sugya, bar mi matlalta. That should be outside the sukkah. So how can you say in the brisa umishanin besukkah three lines from the bottom? Hare, that's not what Rava said. Rava said not that Rava can trump a brisa, but it's a question that we need to answer. How did Rava understand that brisa? And the way the Rava understood the brisa was based on the following distinction. Last line. Lokasha migras One is just girsa. You're just memorizing text. You're just doing a quick chazara. You know, by the time you've learned something a certain number of times, you could just kind of like run your fingers over it. You'll kind of get a feel of what's going on. That's been migras. You're just doing girsa. You're just you're you're plowing through. It's not that there's no havana, but it's not it's not rocket science, right? But when you're learning a sugya that is very difficult. And you really need full attention, so then you should be learning it inside. So that's the distinction of habi migras habi And in fact, we know that this is a real distinction. Kiha de Raba top of Chavtes Medalev, just like Raba Barchama, Kiavukaime Mekame de Rabchizda, when they were in front of Rabchizda, Merahate de Gemara. First, they would run through the Gemara, Behade Hadade together, the Hadar, and afterwards, Me'aine Besvara. Then they'd go back afterwards and they would focus on the Svara to get a deeper understanding of what they were, le- were learning. This is actually a great way to learn. Let's say you're learning a new sugas from the beginning. So you first get the Gemara, Shaklavataria, no Grisosvaras. Shaklavataria, just get the basics down. And then you go back and you say, hey, that doesn't work. Uh, we need to look into that. How could Rava say this over here? That's like the Tosos will say like, ah, the Gemara in Gin has a steer in Ksubis and Yavamos, you have to have eight Gemaras in front of you. We're showing them on each of them comparing all the sugas. Then you go the next step into Shulchan Aruch and into Psak and see, oh, we see that the Shulchan Aruch quotes the Ran from the sugya in Ksubis and not the sugya in the Dharm. There's Svarim all over the table. That should not be done in the sukkah. That should be done outside of the sukkah. And that's what we're talking about here. The Mirate the Gemar the Chavrusas would have a little Chavrushaf. They'd learn the Shakla, the Tarvah, the then they'd get a little bit of a deeper learning. Amar Rava, Rava gave a little bit more detail about what was considered appropriate in the sukkah. Mane Mishesia, the Matlalta. You can have Kalim to drink inside the sukkah. Mane Michla, Bar Mimatlalta. But food uh, food items, yes, of course, you can you should eat in the sukkah, but when you're done, you shouldn't leave them around. It's not respectable. Chatzva Vishachel, Bar Mimatlalta. This is pottery and wood, kalim. Those should be outside of the sukkah. Ushraga b'matlalta. You can have candles in the sukkah. But Amrila, some say no. But Amrila, bar matlalta, that the candles should be outside the sukkah. And on this last point of the candle, velopligi, this really isn't a machlokes of a sukkah gedola, of a sukkah tana. It is a space concern. It's not a lack of kavod. It's just a question of whether or not there's enough room where the sukkah is large. We do allow for the candles where it's too small. We do not. We'll stop right here at Yard Gishamim. Tomorrow night, uh, we will be having dafyomi at an undisclosed location. I will let you know shortly through the WhatsApp group. And if you're not on the WhatsApp group then I, and you're hearing this, then you can text me. I'd be happy to let you know once we know. And uh, we'll stop right here. Wishing you all a beautiful night. We're looking for hosts. That's what you're supposed to say. 2910 West Virtual. No, for the, to disclose, why don't we have a volunteer right now to someone to say, hey, I'd like to host. So it doesn't have to always be a mark. Dr. Stephen and Cheryl Karish will be hosting 2910 West Estes instead of West Birchwood, but the same. Oh, sold. Have a good night.